God for his faithfulness. We read tonight from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, the dictionary defines the word sacrifice as an act of slaughtering or killing an animal. That's one definition, as I read further in the dictionary, another definition was the act of surrendering to God. And the word sacrifice appears 205 times in the Bible. Many of us are familiar with some of those verses like Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God. I broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, that will not despise. You know, living sacrifices that are pleasing to God are fueled or powered by broken and a contrite hearts. Usually when something is broken, the value declines or disappears altogether. Broken dishes, broken bottles, broken mirrors, they are generally discarded or at best sold at a significantly reduced prices. If I may ask what is the value of a broken car? About 20 years ago or so, uh, I should say about 15, 16 years ago, uh, we were living in Langley, and um, we had an accident with our car. The car was around that time worth about five, six thousand dollars. The car was broken, so to say. We we were told that we said, "Well, can we just have someone buy this car?" They were actually ready to buy the car, but they said they were going to offer us about five hundred dollars Canadian dollars. Uh, in place of a car that was uh, worth $5,000, $6,000 before it was broken. Brokenness does not attract much value to man, but brokenness attracts great value in the sight of God. You know, imagine your dream vacation. If I can ask, where would you like to, to, to go on vacation? Maybe some of you are thinking about uh, why. Or maybe some of you are thinking of one place, exotic place or the other. And then you get, you, you set off on your vacation, you get to the airport. And you walk through all the security checks at the airport. And then you are sitting comfortably uh, in the airplane. And then the, the imagine if, if a pilot uh, would just uh, make an announcement, welcome on board this flight. We are headed to Hawaii, flying today at about 30,000 feet above the sea level. 
But we have such a plane that is great uh, body-wise, but the engine is broken. If the plane was still to be at the gate, you can imagine what kind of efforts you and I will make to get off of that plane. We do not want broken things. Very many times, uh, we, the world has taught us not to be broken. The, the system and the cultures of this world have taught our young men uh, to be strong, uh, not to let uh, any tears drop off. Uh, the system of this world have taught them to be tough. And that toughness, many times, many of our young people, they bring that toughness into the house of God. They hear the word of God, nothing moves them again. The Bible says that the sacrifices of God, they are broken. Our spirit, a contrite heart, oh God, that will not despise. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, was saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saved such as be of a contrite spirit. Never, uh, never, ever has God turned away a lonely, weeping, broken person. Now, if I can just give a little background to our, our text uh, uh, tonight in Romans 12, uh, 1, Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, therefore, it signified that uh, an action uh, doesn't come out of nowhere, it's built on something. When you, uh, when you act following a therefore, it's rooted in something. Paul was saying, because of all that I have said in Romans uh, chapter 1 through 11, because of all that he had said, he said, therefore, Paul was moving from doctrine to practice. He was moving from theology to ethics. He was moving from foundations to applications. He had talked about theology. He had talked about oh, so many things. The grace of God. He had talked about the salvation. He had talked about sanctification. He had talked about many, many beautiful things. In fact, he started in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He, he declared, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. He declared his fidelity, his allegiance, his loyalty to the gospel. There's nothing to be ashamed of in this gospel. He goes further to declare the good news that salvation was available and is still available tonight. Regardless of, of anyone's identity, regardless of the sin that people may have committed, regardless of your heritage, whether you come from a home that is a godly home, or you come from a home that is ungodly, it does not matter. When you get to the cross, there will be peace for you. You know, I love the cross. The cross levels it all. said there, uh, as he moved from uh, Romans 3, 24, that we are justified through grace. We are about grace. 
this morning. He, he went further in chapter 6. He talked about freedom from sin. In verse 14, he says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. In chapter 7, he discussed the freedom from the domination of the law. In chapter 8, he discussed freedom to become more like Jesus. You know, isn't it wonderful when we come uh, into these meetings uh, since Friday, that uh, we've been enjoying these meetings. Uh, we, we've seen consecrations poured out. We've seen our people praying, I want to be more like Jesus. Over those 11 chapters in Roman, Paul listed about 20 different mercies. The mercies of God, the goodness of God. Don't you, don't you like the mercies of God? Aren't we glad for the mercies of God? Lamentation 3.22 says, uh, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. I woke up this morning, I just found out that I'm one day older. My house is one day older. My car is one day older. My good-looking wife is one day older. But you know what? The Lord's mercy, when I woke up this morning, was new. It's still new. The, the mercies of the Lord. The Lord does not say, I gave you mercy yesterday. There's no mercy for you today. There is mercy at the cross. Paul said, I beseech you because of all that God has done for you, because of the goodness of God. Therefore, by the mercies of God, God is good to us. God is good to us as an individual, as a family, as a church. Make no mistake, the devil might be tricking you that God is not good. God is good to us. God is a wonderful God. You want me to tell you about the mercies of God? We, 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 we heard about the mercy of God this morning. Grace is one of the mercies of God. You know, Noah, God, God told him, build an ark. Oh, God saved Noah and his family through the mercy of God. When the children of Israel got to the Red Sea, they found the mercy of God. The mercy of God patterned the Red Sea for them. You know, they got to Jericho and that wilderness. In fact, before they got to Jericho, the mercy of God provided manna for them. Angels food, wonderful food. They got to Jericho. How would they bring Jericho down. There was no way to go in or come out for the mercy of God without any armor. Without, they just sang. They just obeyed the law. The mercy of God brought on Jericho. You want to know about the mercy of God? There was a man Jesus uh, uh, visited. It was a paralytic man at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus asked him, a question. He began to, to talk about how people have not helped him. Saints of God, you know what? We don't want to come to the house of God and think about how people have not helped us. Jesus is scared to help us. I love that song. He said, Jesus will help you when you try. The mercy of God, the plan backing us. You know, he was, he, was, he, was, he was crying out there. He didn't know that Jesus was going to pass through Jericho for the last time. And the people tried to stop him. Jesus is here, but he's not here for you. But the blind Bartimaeus, the Bible says he cried out, Father, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The mercy of God 
It's not just only Bible account. We have also received mercy. As a church, we, God has been merciful to us. As family, God has been merciful to us. You, you are not, the devil may be telling you you are ordinary. You are nothing. Make no mistake, you are extraordinary because of the mercy of God. First Peter 2 says, We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Mercy of God. I know uh, many times I've heard Brother Nolan say, we, we, we are not just a minority. We are a minority with a major status. God is here for us. There was a time in my life we, we just moved to Pullman and um, we were trying to buy a house and, and the real estate agent said, uh, you know, it's always good to buy a house at a central place to where you go. What, what is important to you? And he asked me, what are important things in your life? Where do you love to go? I said, well, church, number one, work, and of course, home. Then he said, okay, let's find a house uh, for you in the, in, at the central place, those three uh, places. Then he said, uh, where is your church? This was Pullman. I said, yeah, I came Washington. He looked at me and, and said, are you? Crazy. Want me to find a house somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the bush. But he said something. He said, you, you have been brainwashed. Your church has brainwashed you. Your, your, your parents have brainwashed you. I said, Craig, do you have some minutes to listen? He said, oh, yes. I said, oh, you are him for this, Craig. It is not my church. It is not my parents. It is the mercy of God. I told him about the mercy of God. At the end of that conversation, Craig knew of God's goodness. This is not being brainwashed. I told him, Craig, I've not been brainwashed. I have been heartwashed. It's the mercy of God. Because of the mercy of God. You think about what God has done for you. The goodness of God. How God, as a church, how many miracles, wonders that we have seen in this very place. That God has answered prayers. This is like Bethel for many of us. We love to come here. Isn't it wonderful that, 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 that you can have hundreds of people gathered in this holy sanctuary again, one more time, because of the mercy of God. Oh, how we felt, how our people start broke last year when we could not be here, when many could not be here. We had the privilege to be here. We cherish that. The mercy of God. I want to tell you about the mercy, tell you about the mercy of God. Uh, almost 20 years ago, we were back in the Midwest. As a subcounting was brought into the church in a wheelchair. Apostolic Faith Church, Midwest Town Meeting. And the husband just pushed the sister county into the church. And there was a prayer meeting. In fact, there was a Bible teaching. And, and the Bible teaching just started, barely started, when sister county just rose up from her chair. And she said, I'm healed. You want to talk about the mercy of God. Many answers to prayer. Many that have been saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I are here today. It is the mercy of God. 
that I can go on and on about the mercy of God, about the goodness of God. And Paul said, because of that, do something. Church, shall we do something? Shall we do something? Paul said, because of the mercy of God, present. Give yourself a living sacrifice. We know about sacrifice. The Old Testament sacrifice, where those animals are butchered, where those animals are killed, they are dead sacrifices. They have no will again, they have nothing again, they're just dead and pushed aside. But Paul said, You are going to be alive, daily alive, but yet dead. Dead to yourself, dead to flesh. You know, the system of this world is teaching us and our children about self, self, self efficacy. Self-esteem, everything about self. But the gospel, the Bible, is saying, mortify the flesh. Mortify self. Bring self to the altar. Tell self, self, you are dead. Tell your will, your will, it's no longer my will. Jesus said it. He said, not, I wish this cup will pass from me. He said, not my will, but let your will be done. Must offer, offer a living sacrifice. Paul said, only acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And he says, we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. So you come to God tonight. You want to come a living sacrifice. You want to bring your will to the Lord. You want to bring your way to the Lord. You want to bring things in your life that, you know, there are people who come to the house of the Lord and they have protected spaces, things that nobody must touch, things that the pastor could never do. You can talk about anything, but don't get there. That's protected for me. And things that we've just gathered so jealously that God is saying, give it up. Present it. See what I will do. Just, just give it to me. So tonight, God wants to bless you. Will you bring your soul, your body, your heart to the Lord? This work has been fueled by people who consecrated their heart. Thank you, my brother George Morkins. I think about brother Harold and sister Sally Barrett. I think about men. Fifteen years ago, hundred years committed, I buried my head right there. And I said, God, a lot has been given. I wanted more, more. And God said, oh, stop. What would you give to me? You know, sometimes we like to give, we like to throw money at problems. We like to throw some other people at problems. We like to throw things at problems. Your heart and say, Lord, I give you my 
Come and give God something. 